Good morning. Good morning. Wow. You know, it's been an awesome spirit of the Lord moving in this place so far. Amen. Do you think it could get greater? You know, sometimes in life, Things present themselves that we're not ready for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get called at the spur of the moment, and you're like, what? And your first thought is, "Uh uh-uh, not me. Get somebody else. Well, just so you know, I'm not talking about me. (laughs) No, that was not the case. Um, I had plenty of time to prepare myself for today. And I'm just excited what God is getting ready to do in here today. Amen. I'm excited, first of all, because the word came to me. And I had to realize who was speaking to me. And sometimes when God speaks to us, we're not sure whether we're ready for it, to hear it or not. Sometimes we just shut it out, look the other way, or preoccupy ourselves in something else, or get our mind on something else, or do something else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, God has been dealing with this for quite, quite some time, and just have been patient with us. How many of you, by the raising of your hands, know that when God speaks to you, you know it? Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad to see so many hands. Okay. And I'm with our praise and worship team this morning, says sometimes you're wondering where to start, how to get started. Well, we're going to start with prayer. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask you to stand. We'll start out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father for what you're about to do in your house, Lord God. We are your people, your children, called by your name. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord God. You saw our need, Lord God, and you sent your son, Lord God. He did what we could not do, no matter how hard we tried, how many of us got together to work it out. We could not do it. It was impossible. But you made a way out of no way, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done and that you are with us even now, Lord God. You will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Lord God, that this is the day, Lord God, that change shall come in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord God, and we open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, we've gotten to where so many times we use these electronic devices to help us out. Sometimes they don't cooperate with us. And if you've ever had the opportunity to ever speak or whatever, you know this. And we learn how to always have a backup. Amen? But today is not that day. Things are going to be just fine today because God is with us. Amen. So I want you to relax. And looks like I got everybody's attention because you're in anticipation that something is getting ready to happen. I want you to know something is getting ready to happen. Amen. So for those of you who don't know me, I've been here now, I think, about six years. And Linda and I, my wife Linda, she's one of the many Lindas that are here. I think there's about five or six Lindas here. And all the way we get to know each other, you have to include the husband so we know which one you're talking about. But it's good to be here. Amen. And it's good to see so many faces. We miss our pastor being here. But pastor has been doing what the Lord has called him to do. Amen. He has really been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has been bringing a message for us to help us. That's his job. Amen. To help us. Well, God chooses who he wills to do what he wants to do. Amen. And I thought, this time it fell on me. So I have an awesome responsibility here today, and I desire your prayers to pray with me today. First of all, I want to tell you that God loves you. Let me say that again. I don't think you heard me. God loves you. <laughs> God loves you. Amen. He loves us so much that he does not want us to continue in the state that we're in. He doesn't want that. How many of you have children or have raised children? They may have moved out, moved on, but we have them. I remember my father used to tell me something, and being the oldest in the family, he was always telling me to do something, even taking care of the five that were under me. And if I didn't move quick enough, he would look at me and say, did you hear what I said? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Am I the only one that had a daddy like that? Did you hear what I said? He didn't have to say it again. I got to move him. Amen. But we have a heavenly father that has said it so many times over and over and over and over. There's one thing that we can be sure of. As a child of God, the spirit of God dwells where? In us. And he has a responsibility. His job is to speak the things that we need to hear 
so that we will be prepared, a prepared people for the re- coming, for the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it may not necessarily be about stop doing this or stop doing that, but it might be about start doing something. Amen. We're not just here to, to get on the bus and ride, but God will let us know what he wants us to do. And every one of us have an assignment. Every one of us. There's a purpose for every one of us. That might be news to some. But every one of us has a purpose. And there's a time and a season for everything. You may not be in your season yet. But one day. I'm going to share this with you. It's a testimony. One day. When I had given my life to Christ, I heard the Holy Spirit says, you ought to preach the gospel. Not me. Many of you don't know me this way. I was very quiet. If you spoke, I would speak. I was never rude, but I didn't. I wouldn't hold a conversation. You'd have to keep it going, but I respond every time. I could not see me up here talking to a bunch of people that everybody's looking at me like you are today. My mind would just go blank. It would shut down and says, oh no, you're in trouble. I thought about my brother, the next one under me. He was like this all the time. I said, God, what about Peter? That was his name. We call him Peter. I said, what about Peter? He loves getting in front of people and talking all the time. Who does this sound like? Exactly. And I found out I was reading about Moses, and I said, boy, that don't sound like me. Well, to make a long story short, here I am. And it has not changed since the Lord gave me the ability to speak up. So much so that one day I was visiting my brother and his wife was just laughing. She was just laughing. Why are you laughing so? She says, Don, I remember when you was quiet, but now you've gotten pretty gabby. (laughs) I'm going to bring your attention to the book of Haggai. Uh, Some of you are looking at me like, is that in the Bible? (laughs) Yeah, between Zephaniah and Zechariah, you will find Haggai. You can very easily miss it because it's only two chapters long. But it's in there. And the prophet Haggai was given an assignment. And sometimes we don't think we measure up, and it's good. This is a good thing. We don't measure up to what God wants us to do. And the reason I say it's a good thing, because you can't rely on yourself. Your own strength won't get it done. Amen? 
I know I'm speaking to somebody right now because God has been speaking to you about doing something for him. And you don't see how you can do it. You're nervous. You need help, but you don't know where to go. But let me tell you something that I've learned from somebody who was very quiet, who would rather stay in the background. When it's your time, God never calls you to do anything that he does not plan to help you do it. You got to be willing to go to him instead of looking to yourself and says, okay, I think it, no, no, it's not about what you think. We got to trust God because he's with us. And I have found that every time I trust God and allow myself to do it his way, it comes out a whole lot better than I could have done all by myself. Amen. So if you have the book of Haggai, I tried to give you enough time to find it. Go to table contents or Google it or whatever you need to do. Amen. And I'm going to start in the second chapter. And we're going to read, or you can read with me. We don't have it up there. Okay. That was Haggai, the second chapter beginning at the sixth chapter. Sixth verse, I'm sorry. Well, the Lord of hosts says this, once more in a little while, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver and gold belongs to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of hosts. I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. I will use for a subject. Your latter days will be greater than your former. Your latter days will be greater than your former. Now there's a whole lot in this. And some are saying, well, yeah, I've done this and I've got my degrees and I've got everything in order and we've been tithing and we've been doing all these things. Irregardless of what you've accomplished, I'm here to tell you today, your latter shall be greater than your former. All right? Somebody say amen. And says, well, how is that going to happen? What, what does God plan to do? I can't answer that question for you. You're going to have to get it from God. I've learned also that when God tells you to do something, he may not necessarily at that time tell you how you're going to do it. I see the hands going up back there. He won't tell you how to do it. And I'm going to tell you, that is the most unnerving. It's like, 
where am I going to, what am I going to say? What am I, who, who can I talk to? We'll call the pastor and let him know what's going on. Pastor can't tell you. I guarantee you if you go to Pastor Brian and share with him what the Lord told you to do, he's going to give you some instructions on how to go to God and pray, and he will pray with you. But you got to hear from God. Amen? And I'm, I'm going to let you know. And he says, well, how do I know that I'm hearing from God? You will know. You will know. I'm saying this to help somebody who's trying to figure this out. You will know. You may be turning around and looking and see if there's anybody else in the room. You will know. And he won't just tell you once. You may just kind of brush it off at that time, but it comes back. And it'll keep coming back until you finally get it. God is talking to you, amen? Now, I've also learned that when God does that, that there is something he wants you to do. Every one of us is a creation of God. And when he made us, Somewhere in that program, we have a purpose. Oh, yeah. And I have an idea for most of us, we feel very uncomfortable with what God has called us to do until we get it. That we understand that God will qualify you to do what he called you to do. You've heard that so many times, but I'm here to tell you, he will do it. God never fails. He observes, he monitors, he watches everything. He knows what your life is going to be like. He knows when it's time for you to move. And you don't get, did you hear what I said? God doesn't give up easy. And what I'm doing is kind of give you an overview of what I'm going to be talking about as God is dealing with his chosen people, the Jews, who were in captivity. But God told them, I have something I want you to do. Haggai sought to challenge the people of God concerning their priorities. I'm sorry, their priorities. And this is not to insult your intelligence, but I want to share with you a definition for priority. Because sometimes, really, we kind of wonder if we do have them. Amen? We do pretty much what we want to do. But listen to this. A priority is a concern, interest, or desire that comes before all others. Our priorities are the areas of our lives that are meaningful and important to us. They, they are usually activities, practices, or relationships that we want to put genuine effort and time into it. And sometimes we get our priorities mixed up. I've done it several times. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to assess what we're doing. We need to take a look at what we're doing because it seems that 
we've gotten things kind of out of place. Okay, I'm going to go back into the first chapter of Haggai, and let's take a look. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this. I'm not going to read two chapters, just so you can relax. Not going to re- but I'm going to highlight some things as I go through them. And we're going to take a really good look at them. Keep those priorities in mind. God said in Matthew 6 and 33, very familiar scripture, he says, seek first. What? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That's the cares, the things in this life that we need. It's not cares so much as the very things that we need. And we all have needs. Okay? Let's see how all of this comes together. But we are to put God first. So, in that area of priorities, the list starts with God first. Amen? No matter what it is that we're doing, God first. And we're going to take a look at that as God is dealing with the Jews at this time. God commanded the Jews that were in captivity to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Rebuild the temple. Okay? And it says, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, and the word of the Lord came through Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. The Lord of hosts says this, These people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be built. Hmm. The word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while the house while this house lies in ruin it sounds to me like God was having a problem with something and he was about to get things in order amen and if you are following with me let's look at verse 5 I want you to pay close attention to what it says and verse 5. It doesn't say the same thing in all translations, but same idea. Verse 5. Now the Lord of hosts says this. Think carefully about your ways. Think carefully about your ways. As I was talking with Linda last night, and I told you something went through me when I read that. I didn't feel comfortable. It's, it sounds like God is getting, something's getting ready to jump off here. Something's getting ready to happen. And he tells me, think carefully about your ways. Hmm. Okay, let's go on to verse 6. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, 
but never have enough to become drink, drunk. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. Okay. Things are happening. You don't know why. Verse 7. And regardless of what translation you have, verse 7 is exactly the same as what verse? Verse 5. God says this again. Said the Lord of hosts says this, think carefully about your ways. Now I'm really wondering, okay, what's going on? I, I probably, I don't know when's the last time I read Haggai, so I'm going, what's going on here? God is handling things like my dad used to do a lot of times when I didn't quite understand what he was trying to tell me. So I decided I just wouldn't do anything. That didn't happen too many times when I got the message because I had to decide which was better. What came after that? Or just go ahead and right up front says, Dad, what exactly do you want me to do? Because I know that if I did nothing, it was not going to set well with them. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, we have memories. We forget a lot of things, but those we don't forget. Look at what God told him to do. Okay, God was very patient. And starting out, found out it could have been anywhere from 10 to 14 years that the temple sat idle. They didn't do anything. Ten, it doesn't take me that long to forget something. To keep putting something off that, they didn't give it another thought. They were busy doing their own thing, building their own houses and building their own prosperity and, you know, just doing whatever they wanted to do. And God said, look, there's something I told you to do and you're not doing it. So I want you to think about it after all these things that's happened to you and you find no matter how hard you work, you can't seem to make ends meet. You're always coming up short. There's always something happening. There's a reason behind all these things that's happening in your life right now. Think carefully about your ways. So God comes back to them. He says this. Go up into the hills. Bring down lumber. And build the house. It's very clear to me, God didn't say, you can start next week. Or whenever you got the time, it can work it in your schedule. Or pray, pray about it first. He didn't say that. He was very direct. Go up into the hills, get the lumber, come build the house. I think we all understand that. God says, you've put it off long enough. Now it's time for you to do what I told you to do. Amen? So, I started thinking about my ways. Because that's what he wanted us to do, right? That's what he told them, and that's what he's telling us today. Think about your ways. Think about what you're doing right now. When you start looking at your priorities, are you putting God first? 
Or are you putting together the things that you desire to accomplish in this life? There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that God wants to be first. And that's very important to God. Amen? Okay. Now, something I would really like for you to do is, and I'm, I'm thankful that it's so quiet in here, is don't get preoccupied in your mind with anything else. It's easy to do. Like how the kids are doing or what are we having for dinner today? Did I turn the stove off? You know, there might be a lot of things going on that can go in, on in your mind right now as I'm talking to you. But I want you to understand that we need to just open up our minds for the moment. Let everything else go and hear what God is saying to his people today. Where is the temple of God? If you know where the temple of God is today, raise your hand. Look at the hands. Some do not know. We are called the church. Amen? We're known as the church. And the Spirit of God dwells in His temple. Y'all going to help me out today. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the trouble all by myself. So you're going to help me out today. So we all thoroughly understand what God wants. The temple is the place where the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God dwells, is in us. And the Spirit of God speaks to us, doesn't he? Now, I said I'm going to be talking about your latter days will be greater than your former. In the book of Haggai, we see that it's talking about the physical temple. But today, for the church, it's talking about this temple. Amen? So, you can compare, you can see what's happening with the children of Israel. When God speaks to them, and the way that he does is more in the physical but he speaks to us today in our spiritual. And if you can do that, if you can understand that relationship, you'll go far. Amen? You'll go far because I can't, I can't say that he was just talking to them. That's not for me today. He was just talking to them. No, he's making it very clear to me today. And when I began to study this, I didn't feel too good at first. Yeah, because I examined my life and what was going on. I said, okay, I need to move this. I need to put this in place. And most of all, I need to look to God for guidance before I do anything. And I need to pray more often. I need to read the word more often. I says, I used to do this quite regularly but over the years things have gotten in the way there were so many things I used to do for the Lord but over the years things have gotten in the way 
Okay, he says, did, did this happen with the Jews in the building of the temple? It certainly did. They started out real good. But there were those there that didn't like what they were doing. And they brought all kinds of opposition and distractions. There were all kinds of things going on. So much so that they got discouraged and stopped working. How many times has that happened to us? It happens. And God has a way of bringing us back in. Amen? So I had to start thinking, okay, what was it God told me to do? Because I have a lot of plans. I love planning. And I had a lot of plans. But I had to stop for a minute and take a look and say, wait a minute. What did God tell me to do? And it went back a ways. And I says, originally, this is what God told me to do. And I was planning to go in another direction. I says, but I see here what God says. Ex carefully examine, carefully take a look at your ways and what you're doing and what's going on in your life. And he says, carefully, because sometimes we can just rush through things. Don't give it much thought. But this is something you need to give some serious thought in your life. Amen. You want to give it some serious thought. And not just a thought, because sometimes we make plans to do things, and it never get done. It's another thing that was put either on the shelf or on the back burner, but we moved it out the way because we were determined to do what we wanted to do. Amen? And some of us can be very determined to have our way, to do it our way. Amen? Now, if you're stubborn like I get sometimes... And I've learned that I'm not the only stubborn person around. But even God can deal with you no matter how stubborn, how hard-headed you are. I always said I had a hard head. About a year ago last week, I was here. And so were many of you. And I was laying right there on that floor, right where they are. In the front. I was laying right there. And I know there were those of you who were wondering, am I dead or alive? And I could hear you, but I couldn't respond to anything. I thank you so much for your prayers. It's amazing what we can accomplish when we come together in agreement and pray. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, it's amazing what we could accomplish if we come together and pray sincerely. To make a long story short, I told it was either 20 minutes to a half an hour, and I thought, wow. All of a sudden, I start coming through. I heard, I heard somebody say, pray, church, pray. And I said to myself, pray, church, pray, because I don't know what's going on here. All I know is we had just finished praise and worship. I sat down. Next thing I know, I hear somebody say, lay him on the floor. I don't have a clue what's going on.
But from that moment, and I shared this with the pastor, I says, I'm in transition. God is getting ready to do something. Something great is getting ready to happen in my life, but some things have got to be dealt with. And it's, I heard somebody last night, a preacher, say, many times when trials come, the answer does not come before the trial. The trial comes first. You learn from the trial. And I learned a lot. I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. You may find yourself in that situation. It might be with your finances. You get in a bind, and I don't care if you work two, three, four jobs. It will not take care of that situation that you're dealing with. It's not until you get interaction from the Almighty God. God knows how to handle every situation in our life. And you know what God does not have to do? He does not have to sit down and says, Okay, Jim, let me get back to you on that and see. I'll come up with something. He already has the answer. That's just how quick it can be. He already has the answer. He may not tell you exactly what it is, but I tell you what, repent of the things that you failed to do, where you didn't, where we don't put God first and go and do things our way. Just repent. Let God know that, you know, you got out of order, however you want to say it. Repent and turn back to him. The answer is right there. Amen. Oh, if that wasn't enough. Then we were in a car wreck. Ah, that's all I could say. What's next? What's going on here? Well, after this event, the Holy Spirit told me about Job. If you know the story of Job, then I know I'm in transition. God is getting me ready to do something greater than I've done before. But there's certain things that have to be set in order. i got to do it God's way. Okay? The same is true with the Jews and building the temple. Now they built the temple. There were those among them, out of that 50,000 that went to Jerusalem, some of them were not in agreement with how they were building the temple. Oh, this is not as beautiful as Solomon's temple. What's the problem? Look at this little place here that you're building. Well, it's not about the size of the thing that you do for God. Because God wants the glory. Amen. He wants the glory. So, irregardless of the size of the things that you're doing, if God is in it, it's going to be greater than you. Amen going to be much greater than you. So many times I go to do something for the Lord and I'm not even pleased with it and I get such amazing results and people come back, oh wow, you did that? Uh, yeah, I did that, but with the help of the Lord. Amen? So don't ever get to the place where you start measuring up and look and says, I needed to do like they did it or I need to do it the way somebody else did it. Do it the way God tell you to do. Amen.
That's a word for somebody. As we look in the book of Colossians, third chapter, and I'm going to read to the fourth verse. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Amen? Not on things of this earth. Now, these might be scriptures that you're familiar with, but sometimes we need to be reminded. Amen? Our little frail minds can't hold and contain everything that we know out front. And as you get older, you'll find out. Verse 3 says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him. Where? In glory. That's what this is all about. We're looking to be with him one day. Amen? And somewhere in the scripture I found that he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. I got spots. I don't know about you. I'm too busy looking at me. I don't have time to be looking at you. But I would suggest that you look at you. Amen? Because Jesus is coming back for his bride. Amen? And we got to be ready for him when he comes. Amen? There are some things that we must accomplish and do while we're here. Amen? And if we don't do them, we're going to have to answer to it. Don't think God just waved something. You know how you were or how you are. The same as with me. We know where we are. Amen? We know what the Holy Spirit has been trying to get us to change in our life. And... I'm not going to tell you everything is a sin, but sometimes it's our ways. The way we talk to people. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go there. The way we handle business in public's eye. We want people, when they see us, they see Christ. Amen. And if we're behaving so bad, they're like, what in the world? And wonder, who are we? No, no, we want people to see Christ in everything that we do. And just, just an example that I'm going to share with you. I had one day, and I was in ministry in Columbia, South Carolina. And I was working at a men's shelter. And from time to time, people just come out of prison. They go there. So this night I go in, there's this big, huge guy. I mean, he was as tall as Richard, about twice as big. And he's sitting in there, and from the time I went in, he's watching me. He watched me the whole time I was walking around, and as my way was, I'd go around and greet everyone. He's watching me. 
So I made it my business to go around and see everyone, and then I ended up in a chair right in front of him. I want to find out who this is that's watching me like this. I don't know what's going on. You never know who's there. Introduced myself, and I talked to him, and I asked him how things were going. He says, well, could be better. I says, oh, really? I says, well, is there anything I can help you with? He looked at me and says, I want what you got. That would make you nervous, you know, a little nervous, this big, huge guy. And he was, he had tattoos from his head to his feet, I guess. But all I saw was tattoos. It turns out he was a biker. And he told me, he says, I did some real mean things. And I didn't question that. But I asked him, I says, what is it about me that you see that you want? He says, I see peace. He says, I see peace. That was all he wanted because there was so much torn up in his life and so much going on and his life was a wreck and he had just done time. He wanted peace. So I began to tell him about where he could get peace. Well, I had just gotten there before they served, was serving dinner and there when it's dinner time, you don't want to be anywhere else or you're going to miss dinner. So he went to dinner. I didn't see him until a week later. But one that also was attending the same church in Columbia, he worked there also. And he told me, and I shared with him what was going on. He says, Don, he says, I ministered to him all week. He says, and you know what? He gave his life to Christ. Somebody needs to see Christ in you to help them to find the way. Amen. So we need to be particular about who or how we behave and what we say and do when we're around others. We never know there may be somebody that needs Christ. Sometimes the life that we live is a bigger testimony than the words that come out of our mouth. Amen. I didn't mean to go this way, but so be it. As we take a look here, Haggai called them to reverence and glorify God by building the temple despite local and official opposition. So he encouraged them to get back to work. We've got to build on this temple. How do we do that? How do we build on this temple. Well, I'm glad that you asked, but we're going to get to that in a little while here. From Romans 8 and 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, when I saw this big guy in the shelter, and I went from, he says, I see something you have that I want. I had to start remembering some scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And like I say, it could, it could have gone another way. You never know. And we have had things to happen. And they warn us and tell us to be careful and there's certain things we could not do because some of them are fresh out of prison. 
So I just started thinking, getting, got the Lord on my mind. I says, God, I says, you help me. I says, it seems to me he needs you. I need you too. But because I found courage, I remember what he's told Joshua, be strong, have courage. Told Haggai the same thing, be strong. There are times and situations in our life we must be strong and courageous. Somebody told me courage is like this. You will be afraid, but you still do what you got to do. That's courage. A lot of times what happens when we're afraid or fear comes in, we back up. But we need to reach in and get that courage and do what we know we got to do. All right. But they obeyed Haggai. They began to do the work on the temple. And they got it done. They were celebrating. In spite of all that was going on, they were celebrating to have a good time because they got the work done. But here was something that God made very clear to them. As we take a look at 1 John 4 and 4, it says, You are God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Regardless of what opposition comes against us to discourage us, and Satan would love to do it, and he tries it every day to discourage us, to get us to that place that regardless of how many times the Holy Spirit is making it clear what you are to do, and you're like, no, can't do that. It's not time yet. I'm not ready. I'm not there. I haven't prepared for this. I haven't gone to school for that. I haven't been an apprentice or whatever it takes that we feel that we need to be qualified. And because we feel that we're not, we won't go ahead and do whatever God is telling us to do. Understand this. God already knows where you are. He already knows what you're capable of doing. And as said before, he wants us to depend on him. He wants us to know he's always there, irregardless of what that assignment is. He is there. And because of that assurance, they were able to go forward and do everything that they were called upon to do in that temple and build it just like God wanted it to be built. It did not have to match up to Solomon's temple because the glory of God does not depend on our statue, our education, or anything that we have done to build ourselves up. It's what comes out of us. It's what comes through us. And we can accomplish great things for God if we just allow him to order our steps and do what he tells us to do the way he tells us to do it. If we would just humble ourselves and do it. And I I think so many times, and it says, I don't know how you can do that. You can have joy in doing things that you really don't want to do. Amen? For the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. Who are we talking about? 
we're talking about Jesus Christ. And we can do the same thing because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in us. And it says, I'm not in agreement with this, but I know this is what God wants. Do it anyway. Amen? Do it anyway. Don't think about the outcome. If you're doing it God's way, that's God's problem. You hear what I said? That's God's problem. I was kidding Linda and I told her, I says, when I get through, I says, I may be looking for the bodyguards. I says, but that's God's problem. And as I heard some messages the last week and preachers preaching similar messages, and I was like, wow. I said, but we needed to hear that. We needed to hear what God is saying to the church. Amen? And that happens to be us. We're all here today. We need to hear what God is saying to the church. Okay. I'm going to share something with you. I pointed out a lot of problems, but something that I want to be sure to give you are some solutions. Because you may be wondering... How can I ensure that my latter days are better than my former? How can we do that? I'm glad you asked. Because we need to know what things we need to set in place. And I have seven for you. Amen. Seven's a good number, so we're going to go with seven. First one that was in Scripture, it says, examine our priorities to see if we are more interested in our own pleasures than doing the work of God. It's time to go to work. In case you were wondering if this is the right season, yes, it's time to go to work. And what God tells you to do may not be what God told her to do. Amen? But whatever it is, it's time to go to work. No more excuses. God is not accepting any more excuses. He told me, he says, go up to the hill, get the wood, build the church. Amen? Three steps. Get what you need and build the church. Amen? And it says, get what I need. Well, if you need something in the case of building how the Home Depot is right there. So go on over to Home Depot, get what you need, and come on back and build the church. No, for us today, there are some things that we need to put in place. And what's required for one may be different for another. It all depends on the purpose God has given you. He may want you to be a prayer warrior. And you will be like, I can't pray for anybody else. I have trouble praying for myself. How many intercessors we had, had to deal with that when they knew they were called to be intercessors? Amen? But God will give you what you need, irregardless of what it is. Amen? It might be just helping Terry in the kitchen. Amen? She's doing a wonderful job over there. But I thank God for those who are assisting her and for those of you who are working together. But there is a lot to be done. Amen? And this is not just about us. We're doing these things here. There are others that's going to be coming in because we have evangelists that go out into in the city of Rock Hill here and they're reaching out to other people. You're doing it on your jobs, right? 
talking to people about Jesus Christ. They look and see that something different about you. And they want to know, what is it? Why are you different? Everybody's upset, but you just be cool, calm, and collected. How do you manage to do that? Opportunity knocks. Amen? We can let them know about Jesus Christ, that he lives in us. There are so many things that what we do is not just about us. And as pastor says, everything is connected to a, a soul. Amen. You got it. Everything is connected to a soul. Two, to reject a defeatist act attitude when we run into opposition or discouraging circumstances. Okay, let me read that again. Because I had trouble understanding that when I said it. We're not to accept defeat when opposition and discouraging circumstances present themselves. In other words, turn tail and run. This is bigger than us. It happened when the spies were to go to view the promised land, right? There's giants over there. They were already defeated because they saw them as giants. Look, we can't do anything with this. Sometimes the enemy presents things that you're like, I'm just overwhelmed with all of this. Scripture said, what greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? There's nothing greater than God. Amen. Nothing greater than God. If we can just get this and apply it to everything that we do, we can accomplish whatever we need to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God has given us everything that we need. It's available for every child of God. We can accomplish and do what he has called us to do. But there are some things that we need to move out the way. We talked about sour and we talked about attitude. Sometimes we can't reach people because our face just don't look right. We're frowning and we're looking angry. Oh, yeah. That one came to me because I remember not only was I quiet, but I looked like I was mean all the time. So I had to start practicing looking in the mirror and smiling. I'm serious. I had to deal with it. How was I going to help somebody else and they're looking at me like I want to tear them, looking at them like I want to tear them apart? It's not going to work. Amen. So now people tell, tell me, says, you know, we miss your smiling face. <laughs> and I don't even pay it any attention. But, you know, we have to make adjustments. It's necessary so that the glory of God comes through us. And we're able to accomplish the things that God wants us to do in this world, in this life. Amen. Number three, to confess our failures and seek to live pure lives before God. The Holy Spirit speaks to you about whatever it is that's going on in our lives. We know that that's, that's number one. Is there are things that we just need to, certain habits and ways and things, we just have to do away with because what they're doing is they're not allowing the Spirit of God to work through us. There's a hindrance. So if you want your latter days to be greater than your former, you got to deal with it. Amen? And God will see you through it. 
Number four, to act courageously for God because we have the assurance that God is with us. Some of the time. All the time. And I was reminded of that. I keep a picture of the wrecked car when we were rear-ended and it's totally tore up. And it wasn't a time that I even considered that God was with us because I didn't know what was going on. I think I was knocked out and it just everything was a mess. But every time I look at that picture, it reminds me God was with us. God was with us. You do whatever you got to do to help you to remember. Amen. And it helps me to remember every time. And I show it to someone. I says, God was with us. Sometimes it may not seem like it. It may not look like it. But God is always working. Amen. And it's still something that took place. I don't know how it happened. But it didn't matter. God got us through it. Amen. His ways sometimes are past finding out. We just don't understand our ways are not his ways. And it's just the way it is. God supersedes us in so many ways that we can't imagine. The Bible tells me that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we may ask or think. So sometimes I sit, I'll stop short and say there's no need me even trying to think that way. I'm just wasting my time because God can do so much greater than anything that I could ask. I say, God, just do what you do. And he always comes through for us. Amen. Number five. To rest secure in God's hands, knowing that he will abundantly bless us as we faithfully serve him. The Jews in Jerusalem rebuilding the temple discovered that. Job discovered that. That after you've gone through your tests or trials or whatever it is, God has greater for you. Amen. And it's not just in material things, but spiritually. Because he wants the glory. He wants to be able to use us so that he can accomplish great things. And let the devil know that I'm trusting God. And no matter what you bring my way, because of who's in me, we can deal with it. Amen? Sometimes we have to reach in and get that courage. Amen? <laughs> I thought of some other things, but we're going to go on. Number six, obey the Holy Spirit. Obey the Holy Spirit. Don't give up. He told you again. You failed again. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. You can fail in so many times, and the devil tells you, says, what's the point? Don't even go back to him anymore. Don't give up. Read my lips. Don't give up. Continue to seek God. Continue to pursue him. Nobody said it was going to be easy. And the devil is not going to step back and let you have your way with God simply because you said you were going to. No, he's going to get right in there and try to discourage you and prevent you from doing that. Because he knows if you do, it's going to happen. Amen? 
Don't give up. Get back on your knees and get before the Lord. Amen. Repent or whatever it is that, that you refuse to let go. And let God have his way. It will happen. Amen. Keep telling yourself that. Keep declaring the word. That it will happen. I am who God says I am. And I can do what God says I can do. Amen. It can happen. So many times I, I, I put it this way. I says, God, you knew, know me and you know where I am in the future. You've already been there. Apparently, I was an overcomer. It happened. I says, I'm not there yet. But if I give up, I'll never get there. Amen. So I keep looking to him because I know it's mine. The battle is already won. Satan is already defeated. Amen. He's already defeated. Jesus couldn't give up simply because they got to the point of going to the cross. Amen. He was fought all the way to the cross. Things were happening all the way to the cross. They were doing mean, cruel things to him all the way to the cross. But he knew he had to finish. And we have to finish too. Amen. We cannot give up. Last but not least, number seven, you will know whether or not you have been living a clean and moral lifestyle. You will know. All of us. We will know. The Holy Spirit will speak to us and let us know. Amen. He will let us know. He will let us know things before it even comes. Amen. If we're paying attention. And you don't want to get in the habit of ignoring the Holy Spirit. Because the more you do it, the harder it becomes to hear him. Amen. I speak truth here. Been there. Done that. Sometimes I have to pray, Lord, help my hearing. I'm not hearing like I used to. Because I have been neglecting to do what you told, tell me to do. You know, there, we need help in so many ways. And God is ready to answer your prayers. Amen. It says, if you are convicted of your sins, then it is time to repent before God and ask for forgiveness. He is faithful and just to forgive us. And cleanse, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will do it. If that's you today. Do as. They were told. In Babylon. Not Babylon. In Jerusalem. Building the temple. Think carefully. About your ways. Think very carefully. Now by this time. I'm sure a number of things. Have come to you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. We have been. Blessed. Because God is faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins. But we're blessed better than we know.
And it is by his grace that we are here today. Amen. I'm going to ask all the intercessors, all intercessors, if you would come up to the altar. And we don't want to just get in a group. We want to spread out across the front and face the congregation. If you are a prayer warrior, I'm going to ask you to come to join us and face the congregation. If you receive this word today, then it won't be long. It won't take you long to get up here. Because we need him so much in every way. And we know the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us even today. You don't have to look around to see who's coming. Because if everybody walked up here, God would be pleased. Because God loves us so much. He wants to bless us. He wants our latter years to be greater than our former. He wants to accomplish more through us. But this is going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take, as in the seven elements that I gave you, it's going to take repentance. It starts right here. And if you don't know how to pray or what to pray for, that's why these intercessors are up here. Look at them. Now, they're not up here because they got it right. <laughs> I can say that. They're not here, be but this is what they do. Amen. They're answering their calling. You have one too. But we need to stop by here at this altar. I'm just going to stay right here because I need it too. I'm not going to pray over the mic because this is what we must do. Every one of us has to pray to God. I'm going to be praying to God and repenting. I want you to do the same thing. Nobody has to know what's going on in your life for God to answer you. All he's asking you to do is come. Come and repent. So I'm going to ask you to come this way, congregation.